Alrighty, hello, welcome to the Creedcast. Thank you for listening as always. Um, as I mentioned on the other podcasts that I've released today, um, I do appreciate you spending your time listening to this one. I know there's a lot of a lot of podcast content out there these days, just content content in general. So um, when I say I appreciate the listens, I really do because I, I know myself as someone that uh, listens to a lot of podcasts and everything like that. That it's uh, you know sometimes it's hard to fit everything in. So if you if you're choosing to put my little um, shitty takes into your day, then I do appreciate it. So um, yeah, I so this is uh, one of two podcasts that's dropping on the feed today. The um, this one I'll be talking about the men men's uh, side as we go in go into the pre uh, preliminary. Uh, hopefully, uh, going into a preliminary final from this weekend, but going into the qualifying final this weekend um, up at the Gabba against Brisbane. Uh, obviously. It doesn't need to be said. Um, it's understated almost to say it's a massive game. It is a huge game. It is a qualifying final. We finished top four. Um, so, you know, just just saying it's a big game is quite cliche, really, because we know that. Um, but, yeah, the other podcast today was um, I wanted to do uh, them separately to give them their own breathing space so you can listen to them at your leisure and, and kind of know that they're just dedicated to that one thing. So the uh, this one, obviously, AFL Men's going into this weekend. Uh, the other podcast released today was um, just talking about the uh, result for AFLW ladies in the showdown last weekend and then just a brief look at look ahead at um, our first home game of the season this weekend as well. So listen to that one as well. But this one, we'll uh, get into chatting about uh, what's going to happen hopefully this weekend up at the Gabba as our Port Adelaide boys um, head north um, to the Sunshine State and uh, try to try to buck the trend of 2023 and um, knock the lines off on their home deck. Alrighty, so I'm uh, doing this little preview um, without... Because usually I don't do it around after time difference and everything. It's usually after the team drops. Um, at this point, we don't know what the exact team of, is going to be this weekend, and it does come with some intrigue uh, with some players. With the, You know, the week off. And, I mean, before we get into the team, like, there's been a lot of chatter about the week off in between the... Um, you know, regular season, uh, the minor round. Uh, someone's going to be like, he said regular season like an American. Um, but yeah, the minor round, regular season, whatever you want to call it. I, you know, follow many sports and live over here at the moment. So it's uh, I'm going to go back and forth with those terms at times. But yeah, the, the week off in between, um, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think, uh, you know, I think if you're ever going to have a week off around finals it should be uh the week between the prelims and the grand final because i don't think we ever want to see a situation where a player goes into concussion protocol um but for all intent you know if a player is seriously injured with concussion then they're going to miss two weeks later anyway but you know some players that go into concussion protocol and and clear those protocols um but aren't able to get back in time like because of the 12 day thing um aren't able to play the grand final i think would be disappointing um i'm never gonna say that it's the wrong thing to have the concussion protocols but that's why i think the two-week break both and that's aside from concussion protocols just the spectacle of the grand final i think everyone wants to see the two sides that play be the you know sparkiest most fittest versions of what they can be at the end of a season a long grueling season everyone's carrying things um I think that's well. I mean, the Super Bowl does a great job of you know they build up the the week of the Super Bowl is just a full week festival wherever the Super Bowl is. Um, you know, the teams get a bit of time off after they get to the suit. You know, make the Super Bowl. They can you know to kind of reset a little bit and then train and and then be fully prepared for the Super Bowl. 
Um, American football, similar to AFL, is a very grueling sport on the body. So anyone that's probably carrying niggles that they're carrying through games, it gives them that extra time to get a bit fresher for the game. And then usually you see in a Super Bowl, Super Bowls are, you know, whether they're a defensive um, back and forth or or they're, um, you know, a spectacle of high scoring, they're still usually pretty entertaining games um, and sides look fit and ready to go. And I kind of take that tact with the AFL is that if they're ever going to have a buy, I just, um, you know, and people can make the same arguments for getting ready for the start of the finals, but I think at that point it's still every team's ready to go and, and, and kind of I think that kind of luxury should be afforded to the two teams that make it to the big dance. Um, and, you know, I think that year we had the Brownlow um, over in Perth where obviously Ollie won it um, before the grand final over there because of the protocols and the COVID stuff at the time, like we had the two-week break. I just think that worked really well. I think it really set the game up and I think, I just think that's the way to go. Um, I think that's something the AFL should look for, look to in the future, and I don't know why it's not looked to more, especially, like, this buy just doesn't make much sense, really. Just get cracking into the finals, and I, I like the fact it gave AFLW some breathing room to start their season. Like, that was nice. Like, we still had footy. The people that were complaining there was no footy available, um, you know, and they might just go, well, I'm not interested in the women's game. Well, just... That's fine, but don't complain that there's no footy available. There is footy available. There was entertaining footy available. It just wasn't, you know, if it's not what you want to watch, that's fine. But then don't complain about there not being footy on. Um, but, you know, I just think that that's something that the AFL should look to is like the, the week off for the grand final um, to make sure that that grand final has all players that are, you know, at the fittest they can be. And, you know, some people might go, well, one team might you know, switch off a little bit more. Well, both teams are in the same situation. So, you know, uh, it's not like the bye weeks in the middle of the season where some teams are coming off a bye, some teams aren't. And, you know, you, you have the after the bye record, uh, all that stuff. Every, both teams have been in the exact same situation. So whoever handles it better, that's part of the mental game of preparing for a grand final as well. And the, and the same goes for this week too. Some people, if we go into the game and get smashed this week, we'll be Port fans and say, well, geez, the bye really screwed us up. It's like, well, Brisbane had the bye too. So, um, so you know, that's, that's my little piece on that. It went a little bit longer than I expected to. But anyway, we're going into the game. Off a buy, which um, has afforded the luxury um, for us at least, it has worked. Um, that was my point. Um, it has worked that it has allowed that extra recovery time for the likes of Todd Marshall, who was a late withdrawal at the end of the season uh, of the minor round with that hip hip complaint. Which um, hopefully that's not nothing that he's still carrying. That it was just a minor thing, and he's and he's fine now because we do need a fit and firing Todd Marshall with Charlie Dixon out. Um, I would assume, I think he's been announced as out now, actually. Um, but, you know, um, Todd Marshall, we really need to get back to that 2022 Todd Marshall form. Um, would be good to be hitting as we're going into this game. Um, Trent McKenzie seems like he's back in line for selection, which um, I would say that he comes back in if he's if he truly is training like he's um, free from the complaint. We don't want a half mobile Trent McKenzie because then you're just kind of arguing, well, him or Tom Jonas, at least Tom Jonas is fit. Um, even if he's not the player he was. Um, and then there's a discussion whether you keep Tom Jonas in as well as McKenzie, um, I guess. Uh, Jonas did play the game against Brisbane earlier in the year. I think some people forget, forget that he was in the side at the start of the year and he was in that game and, and played a right, I think. And he's played a right towards the end of the season as well. So he's another one. Um, and Scott Lysett's probably the big one, I think. Uh, we saw he played. Um, reports are that he, I didn't haven't seen the unfortunate game, which um, you know the, the Magpies are out of the SNFL finals. 
um, having gone down in, in a close game against the Central Districts, but a game that was, um, you know, marred by the impact of the AFL sides planning because I think Lysett went off the ground with 15, 20 minutes to go because I think he reached a minute's limit, I, I believe, from what I saw on Twitter, um, and had played pretty well to that point, and he probably, probably would have... You know, who knows what would have happened down the stretch of that game, but, you know, if Lysett had played out the game like he was just playing a regular game, then um, maybe maybe he's part of, you know, helps the Magpies get over the line, but that wasn't to be. Um, but it seems like he played pretty well. Um, reports I saw from a few people on Twitter, like um, shout-out to Dave Lloyd um, on Twitter, that um, he was moving around all right, and he might be, you know... And considering no one... Uh, Vicentini's injured, uh, and Sam Hayes, uh, I think Teekle's still injured, um, or he just hasn't he hasn't claimed the spot. Um, but I don't think no one, and Hayes certainly, while he's been okay, like I'm not saying Hayes has been terrible, it's just he hasn't been lights out. I cannot be denied selection. Um, and I think if Scott Lice is fit and moving okay, um, through that middle part of the season, after he'd been dropped for a while and gotten his body right, I think Lice was actually playing some decent footy up until he got injured. Um... And so for me, I think Lysett's got to come back in. So that's that one. Um, so he's in. I think McKenzie probably does come back in um, if he's fit and ready to go and training the training the house down. And of course, Marshall comes in. Particularly, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. Um, probably the other one that's being discussed a lot is Orazio Fantasia's come back into the the Magpie side a lot more regularly over the. He's had some niggles here and there still, but he's been in the side a lot more regularly across the back half of the SANFL season. He's been kicking bags of goals. He's been kicking twos, threes. Um, he's got a few bags of four in there, including last week in the final. So, you know, a pretty big game, and he gets gets a bag of four. Um, it's it's created a bit of a headache, I think, because a lot of people have seen as... And to me, I... Look, I see the argument for Aratio coming back coming in, and I certainly see the argument for dropping McEntee. I don't... I do push back a little bit, and some people would think McEntee's just become a bit useless over the last... I think it's... McEntee's role in the forward line is one of those unforgiving roles where it's a pressure forward. Um, you're not expecting... You know, he's... His role isn't hasn't go, hasn't gone in there to... I mean, he's going to kick goals, and he's he's been a pretty reasonably reliable kick when he's had his opportunities. He just doesn't get a lot of opportunities because the role they ask him to play is a pretty unforgiving one. Um, and I think, like, you know, Willy Rioli is the one that's come in and is actually playing the Orazio Fantasia role more this year. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what the balance would be if we brought Fantasia in and dropped, dropped uh, McEntee while still having Rioli out there because um, they've both got to make up for a little bit of that pressure and tackling of McEntee. And yeah, McEntee's not putting up big numbers in any of those places, but he is playing a role. And, um, and I think he just got... He, he became a little bit, when we had that little blip and lost those four in a row, people were looking at McEntee's role and being like, you know, people look for the player that on the stat sheet just isn't lighting things up and, and go, that's the guy to drop out then. Um, and I do understand the argument. I just don't want to, I also don't want to see people go, if we do stick with McEntee and then we lose, and then people will go, well, we should have picked Fantasia. And if we pick Fantasia and lose, and it's like, oh, we made a mistake at selection. You just know how Twitter's going to go. You know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. All I'm saying is, Fantasia coming in, I think, will add does the idea of Fantasia coming in does add a dynam dynamism. Um, he's obviously an electric forward when he's at his best. Um, he played had a really good game. That last qualifying final win back in 2021, I think he played really well. From what I remember, he had three or four that day, possibly two or three. 
he was he played quite well anyway. Um, it shows how times change. Sam Powell Pepper was the sub in our last qualifying final, and he came on and played quite well. But um, you know, now Sam Powell Pepper's a lock um, in the side, and and we're talking about whether Fantasia can come in or maybe he's a sub or whatever. So um, how times change uh, quite quickly. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of selection. Um, questions uh, to be answered but also I guess it's a good place to be that you're in that you know it'd be nice it's nicer to be in a situation where we're uh, wondering whether Fantasia can come in um, to replace a McEntee which we you know we all like McEntee and what he brings to the role um, so yeah I guess you know beyond down back where we're you know a little bit thin still uh, the selection problems um, are good, better problems to have rather than the worst ones. Obviously, we'd like to have Charlie Dixon in. I think, you know, a lot of people have been like, oh, well, what Charlie Dixon going to bring anyway? He's been on one leg all year. I think we forget that he, I think he had nine goals across the first three games of the season. He was averaging three goals a game to start the year until he started having some of these issues, and he still does provide a lot up forward. So I don't, um, and he signed on for next year, and congrats to, by the way, congrats to Charlie, and congrats to Mitch Georgiades for committing until 2027 as well. Um, I think it's a great sign uh, to our player retention capabilities at Port um, and just the culture that's down there, regardless of what you think about the coach and all those things. There's a lot of people that have their theories about the off-field, um, you know, issue, uh, what they refer to as issues. And I don't think everything's all completely rosy at all times, but I think you've got to commend both list management for getting the players in that we do and then the um, list management and the and the culture um down there that does retain a lot of players if we want them. Um, but not everyone stays, and there's always players that go because they would rather go, but, um, you know, they always go with well wishes and, you know, like Carl Amon last year and a few others, you know, players do leave, but um, by and large, Port do keep a fair few more than they do lose. And that's good. That's good signs for what, what's going building down there and the continued progress beyond this year. Um, but anyway, that's a slight aside. But, yes, Charlie's... Signed on for next year as well, and I think um, you know he does that. He does still have stuff to give. Um, I think his body's let him down a lot, um, but you know this is a guy that at, at at the level that he can play at can be an all Australian forward and, and quite a destructive forward. And, and he was really key to that win um, back in round one as well. He both was kicking. He kicked three goals, I think, and he, and he gave a few off, and and was really um, a big part of that forward line as to why we kicked a. Kicked a big score to open the season against what, as we as we learnt um, throughout the season, was a pretty damn good side as well. So he is a big miss to um, what Brisbane are going to be looking looking at. Um, and you know, it's, it's funny that we play Brisbane in round one, but don't actually get to see him again until this point of the season, which is um, an issue I have with the fixture. Um, the modern modern fixturing in the AFL is just really really weird um, and I don't like it as much as I did the fixturing that we grew up with. But um, that's an issue for another day. Uh, but yeah, that that does give um, a different look for Brisbane to be looking at. Um, we do need so that's why we need the marshals to um, voice just broke there. Thirty-five year old man, I swear. Um, but we need the marshals, marshal to kind of find that form, um, especially against that you know that Brisbane backline is pretty pretty damn pretty damn stacked. Like Brisbane as a team, as we've seen over the past you know few years, um, have been one of the teams of the of the competition, um, you know, a benchmark really. 
Uh, they're obviously missing, I think, uh, was Jack Gunston still out? Um, so he'll be out for the game. Um, and, you know, it's just Jack Gunston, um, obviously a veteran, but um, clearly a finals player. Um, so he's out, but that forward line's still incredibly damaging with likes of Danaher and Hipwood and, and the Smalls up there as well, and Cameron and co. I think Lincoln McCarthy's back in contention for the game as well. So they're going to be pretty pretty fit up forward um, and down back. Um, sorry, I was talking about down back before, and then I got I got distracted by seeing um, <laughs> by seeing that uh, uh, Jack Unston's um, in the on the injury list. But um, you know their team down back. You know Harris Andrews obviously will probably be happy enough with the fact that he doesn't have to worry too much about um, Charlie Dixon this time around. But, again, sometimes when you take players out of a side, um, it does, uh, you know, present opportunity to others and, and teams. Sometimes when they're planning around your starting, you know, whatever they perceive as your starting kind of, kind of side, um, you know, you can throw a few surprises at them. So, um, but, yeah, their, their back line... Um, you know, McKenna's had a really good year, like been um, a big pickup for them. He was, I hope I'm not misremembering, but I think he's the one that came in back in from, I think he played at Essendon a couple of years ago and then left, um, went back to Ireland and came back and, you know, he's been a good pickup for them. But, you know, the likes of Stasevich and, and Andrews down there are really, really key for them. And, and yeah, Wilmot off heart back as well has been really, really good. And, you know, this is a side that's just quite stacked, really evenly across the field when you look at the likes of Oscar McInerney in there and um, you know the fact that he can transition up forward and obviously that mid midfield of McCluggage and Dunkley and Neal um, you know then that forward line I mean Cam Rayner's come back from that injury and really been quite um, quite good for them again um, Charlie Cameron I mean we're talking all Australian cal- caliber player and then Hipwood and Danaher is that um, one-two punch up forward as the as the tools, um, and then with you know Oscar McInerney getting down there. Oscar McInerney's been one of those players that's got, gotten down there and taken marks, and ki- I think he kicked a big goal from fucking fifty there at the start of the year down at Adelaide Oval as well. So you know, and ba- and and like I said, the likes of Bailey and Co that are down there as well, and uh, like I said, Lincoln McCarthy's back in con- contention for the week as well. So um, not that I know their exact lineup, but. Um, yeah, this is a side that's incredibly, incredibly, incredibly stacked across um, across all three phases of the ground, um, as we like to think we are. But I think you know, I, I do think up at the Gabba does pre- present um, an extra challenge. Um, what does come with the Gabba is uh, you know, there's, I mean, we forget it's all about what what teams are doing now. You know, you know, five, six, seven years ago now, or whenever before this resurgence of Brisbane happen you know you could go up to the Gabba and get a win I think we won up there last in 2017 maybe you know Brisbane for a few years there were one of the bottom sides in the competition so it's not like they're always hard to beat up there but obviously as they've resurged um, back to being a top four side over the past four or five years um, they've created a really impressive record up there and, and Brisbane have always at you know the Gabba's just one of those grounds that's um, got a good um, imposing kind of Thing, thing when a team up there is playing good and this year obviously they've had a undefeated record up there records are made to be broken is how I like to look at it especially when it works for my own biases um, and we go up there with a chance to and I think we've played okay up there well last year we started off the season obviously 0-5 all that was terrible I think we forget at the start of the last year that we actually played a that game up in Brisbane we played pretty well we got 
I think we got two or three players injured. It was humid. Um, I think if those injuries hadn't happened, maybe we run out that game better. But we had a lead by probably three goals, two and a half, three goals, midway through the third quarter, and actually playing really good footy and just didn't quite take the opportunities. And then I think with the injuries that happened within that game, um, they kind of just ran us over by the end of it. But it was a lot... It was closer than, um, you know, we forget that that, you know, that I thought we were a chance of winning that game, and I think we were unlucky not to um, with a few of the happenings that happened. So that was our last game up there. Um, so I think we need to draw on that as well, and um, what we did well up there. But obviously our side's changed a lot since then as well, um, with the likes of Butters and Rosie now being the linchpins in the midfield. Um, you know, Jason Horn francis is there as well, and certainly we have good memories of Horn francis debuting for us again debuting for us for us I think I just turned into a fucking two year old for a second there with that little uh, I was speaking too quickly and just got got ahead of my get ahead of myself but you know Horn Francis had a really good debut uh, for us at the start of the year against Brisbane and um, what we're going to need out of this one is Horn Francis to continue some of that form that he's refound over the past kind of month of the season and get because you know some of the quieter games that Horn Francis has had this year has been those you know, 13 to 15 disposal games. He's had an impact, but it just hasn't been consistent enough. What we're going to need out of this one is, you know, Butters, obviously. Butters and Rosie playing big games, needless to say. They're, they're, they're the straws that stir the drink now for us in the middle there. Both of them play well. We're always with, we're always in a game. If they're getting, you know, 25 plus each and, you know, and hopefully 30 and beyond um, around that mark, then we're probably in the game. That's just the way it goes. If they get that kind of handle handle on the ball, then we're probably playing a decent game of footy. Whether we're ahead, whether we're behind, we're in the game, though. The big thing will be the likes of Wines going with him as well, because Wines, again, at the times that this year has dropped off into that mid-teens of disposal numbers, not getting enough of the ball, not having enough impact on the game. If we get Wines at 20-plus, Horn Francis around that 20 mark and above, um, that means we've got the the big four um you've got your two electric dynamic midfielders in butters and rosie and in that kind of midfield and half forward area that they like to operate um if they're getting those kind of numbers horn francis and wines are getting and getting their numbers as well then you know that you've got those four linchpins um the two electric guys are two that are more um i mean horn francis has the ability to be electric as well as as well as be a hustle bustle midfielder they're getting that kind of handle on the ball and we're going to be having a pretty good game and it probably means we're matching their midfield or or on top of it um and it's going to be a battle of the midfields and you know and that's afl footy in the, especially in the modern game it's a battle of the midfields it's where you're getting your um where you're getting your ball where you're winning your ball and how you're moving it through the midfield and then how dynamic your forward 50 entries are because we know when port play somewhat badly um at forward 50 entry sometimes we're, we're getting stuck around like we're not getting that clear movement through the midfield we're not getting butters and and rosie distributing the ball just at that half forward line and getting nice deep decisive entries into the forward line they're kind of like you know chipping around and getting like little marks at the t- and they're not getting those good forward 50 entries because we're not getting good movement through the middle if we're getting that movement through the middle, then that means we're going to be getting some better forward 50 entries. And even if the tools, you know, hopefully, you know, the likes of Marshall and, and Finlayson are getting some marks and, and, and Lysett at times, because if Lysett comes in, he's going to spend a little bit of time down there as, and, and, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, hopefully Lord as well. Um, you know, Lord, if he plays, really liked his hands above his head, and that'll be an interesting battle, I think, for the likes of Andrews and Co. as well. And I think that's why... I think the weather's meant to be good. Um, I haven't heard anything apart from um, someone on Twitter mentioned about the Brisbane weather looking good. So 
if I'm wrong, I apologize, but that's I just I've just seen something about the weather being good. Um, but if the weather is good, then you'd you'd want kind of Lord with those strong hands um, in there as well. So, but you know, we'll see how that selection shapes out. Um, but you know, especially if you know, if we have a double, if we do go with a double hit of uh, Fantasia and 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 Rioli up there, then that'll be really good for the crumbing game and and certainly just for the energy up forward as well. So. Yeah, I'm. It's interesting now as I start to think, like, you know, what's my prediction for it? I am worried about the game because I just think Brisbane. Um, and Brisbane don't have a good finals record the last few years either. They've probably gotten similar questions asked of them as Port have um, over the past few years. Um, so there's a lot of pressure on them. And the pressure is on them, I think. They're the favourites for this game. Port do go up there um, in a place of lacking um, the the external pressure that sometimes comes with Port and Finals because they are the underdogs and, and significant underdogs in this one as well. Um, so that's maybe a blessing. Um, but, you know, you can you, all those storylines are yet to be written really until after the game. And, you know, if Brisbane do go ahead and smoke us, then, you know, it'll be well... Then everyone say, well, that's why they're underdogs. But... Um, but they ha- they do have the pressure on them, and they have some had some subpar finals performances. And ironically, as we talk about their good Gabba record, the Gabba record in finals has has been is a little bit more fifty fifty. Um, and that's that's the nature of finals: is your home ground becomes tougher to win at um, because the opposition in finals is tougher. Like it's it's understandable, um, but the pressure pressure is on them. Saying that, um, as we saw in our two thousand two to through to 04 run. Um, as we dropped off a couple of times, we finally got it together, and that could be that could be Brisbane's time this week too. We can't try to um, prophesize on what's going to happen Saturday based on what's happened in the past. Um, is kind of like I always I, I like to look at records, but you know we just this is a new game, a new time, and um, I just think I I do have a if it was anyone else that Brisbane were playing. My genuine belief is I think it's their time. I think they're just in a good place. So that's me from an objective point of view saying that because I do believe Brisbane are in a decent place um, and this year is probably as open for them as any, I think. So from an objective AFL fan point of view, that's what I was thinking about Brisbane a couple of... You know, then then as it got closer and closer to looking like we were going to be the ones playing them up there, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, because that's what I've been thinking for a bit. Um... So I say that, I say all that, and that's it. But as a Port fan who's seen us go through some trials and tribulations this year, we've also had the highs of the 13-game winning streak and the, after the siren wins and, and all that, but then the lows of losing a couple of showdowns and, and you know uh, injuries and illness and all those things. And we've come back to the end of the season in okay form, but not well-beating form. But I just think all those things come together and hopefully um, with the, the, the week in between, the boys have had a really good chance to kind of look at what they've done over the year and be proud of it, but also look at the things that, that went wrong and, and kind of find those kind of find those little issues and, and you know, maybe, just maybe, we can be provided with one of the, the finals wins that will be remembered for a long time um, if they can go up there and do the job. I think the week off is going to be really handy just both for the, obviously, the players that we've got coming back in, but any player carrying injuries. You know, we saw Jason Orn Francis at one point in the year was rested Rested, I say in quotes, because they did say he had a, he had some soreness. So 
players like that. I know Butters at times this year has carried those groin thing he had at one point. All these guys, especially those those guys through the midfield and those key linchpins, are really important to have had that week off. Um, and I think that's going to stand. That's going to help us a lot this week as well. Um, that, that lack of tiredness um, in the bodies. Certainly, we need to be switched on from the start, and um, that's something that I. And slow starts at Port have been something we've talked about a lot over the last few years. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, and I, but I think Brisbane will come out probably wanting to make a statement right away, and we're going to have to weather that storm. Uh, so a slow start could be, you know, just just weathering a storm rather than actually kicking goals. But as long as we can stick with them, be within a goal, a uh, goal or two at quarter time and a goal or two at half time, I think, and hopefully ahead. But if they are coming out firing like that, I think the important thing will be just to stick with them and, and break up their rhythm a little bit and get it into being a bit of a dogfighter in the early third quarter and, and, and it'll start to swing our way and, and we can run away with the game as, as we have at times this year when we've had dogfights with some teams like the likes of Melbourne and, and Geelong and co at Adelaide Oval and, and we've been able to find a way to get get ahead and, and to make the last quarter our own has been, you know, ever since the early part of the year we really kind of focused on making sure we finished our game strong um, and that's what we've got to do here is just stick with them if they do come out fit and firing, but, you know, if, take the opportunities as well. And I think we can come out of this with, you know, a famous kind of 15-point 15, 15 win. That's what I'm going to go for. <sighs> do I have anything else to say about it? I don't know. Um, did have a couple of notes just to, for the people up there. Um, Captain's Run uh, is Friday at 3.30. I assume local time up there is what's listed. Um, so gates open at 3.15 at the Gabba. So if you're up there and you want to um, support the boys and start making them feel like it's a bit of a home patch for them, um, get around them as they have their, their um, Captain's Run training on uh, on Friday up at the Gabba at 3.30. Um, and for fans that are going to the game, uh, the Shafton Hotel, which is on Lighton Road, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, it's just like a 15-minute walk down the road from the Gabba. Uh, they're having a pre-match function there um, from 4 to 7 as well. So I've just noticed that on the website when I was reading through some things. So just thought I'd put that out there on the podcast as well. Um, that if you're up and around the area, uh, get around them on Friday and Saturday if you can. But the most important thing is turn up to the game and absolutely give give the Brisbane Lions fans hell and help our boys get over the line for what could be one of the all-time famous finals wins in our uh, club's long, illustrious history. be wonderful to be talking about that this time next week, uh, reviewing the game. As I said in the last other podcast, I don't think I've actually mentioned it yet on this one, um, I'm going to be in Lubbock, Texas this weekend for my Oregon Ducks plan um, down down there at Texas Tech. So uh, this game starts, I think, in Texas at 4 o'clock in the morning on game day for me um, out there. Uh, and we're, you know, I'm meeting up for the friends that I'm going to the game with who are flying in from Oregon uh, to, to Texas this weekend, they're flying in on Friday as I am, so we're meeting up for beers and a few things on the Friday and the Friday night. So how I am traveling on Saturday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to make any promises to myself that I'll make it up for the game. Um, and it's not it's not to say that my fandom isn't any less than I actually plan on setting, setting an alarm and all that stuff. But I do know, drunk David, sometimes when I'm in bed having had a good night in the beers if i hear an alarm at four o'clock in the morning i have definitely just turned that thing off i have almost missed flights because of it so that's just i just know my own brain and i know that there's a chance that i don't get up for the start of it and i'll probably set another alarm like an hour or so later 
um, so that if I do miss a start, then I'll get up for half time. Because usually it just takes a couple of alarms to get me going. And sometimes if I'm just that um, sozzled with a few um, beers within me, it just I just need that extra hour of sleep. But I do hope to watch the game live, but I'll certainly obviously be keeping an eye on things um, as I wake up at you know, in the morning. And hopefully, hopefully if I do happen to sleep through, then I wake up to good news and then I'll be watching the replay um, on Monday once I'm back from Texas anyway. So, but all that being said... Um, I'm really excited for the weekend and the and the finals. Obviously, we know this weekend um, won't be our last game of the year, regardless of how it goes. Um, but it could really, um, really set us up for a, um, a memorable finals run if we can get the job done. So, either way, support the boys, get around them. Can't wait to see how this one goes. It's going to be a big one. Can the fucking pair.